Well, hey guys, today is New Year's Day, so you might be thinking about some changes you need to make this year, or you might be thinking, yeah, it's kind of too late for me to make any significant changes in my life. If you're in the latter, I want to tell you today that it's never too late to make those changes. So today, uh, I want to start with a question for you. Has there ever been a time in the last year where you thought in your life that, you know what, I need a fresh start? Maybe a fresh start in a career, uh, maybe a fresh start with a credit card, fresh start with a project, fresh start with a diet, uh, maybe even a fresh start with your relationship with God. Over the last year, does that describe you at all? Now, here's the thing about fresh starts. A fresh start is not limited to one group of people. And what I mean is it's not limited to adults, right? Kids need fresh starts. High school students need fresh starts. Can you say final exams are coming up next week, right? Fresh starts are not just limited to Christians. If you're watching and checking out God or you're outside Christianity and looking in because you're very curious, there's a fresh start waiting for you to happen as well. I know a lot of people that are watching today, though, are probably Christians. Uh, maybe you're looking for that spiritual fresh start. You feel like your spiritual life is on a treadmill where you're moving, but you're not really getting anywhere. Uh, you're, you're just a, you're not just, you're a follower of Jesus, but your relationship feels a little dry and, and parts. And so you're desperate for something deeper, you think, or, or more meaningful with God. So you arrive at a church desperately hoping that you're going to experience something because it's basically you're looking for an external motivation to jumpstart your relationship with God. If any of those examples describe you, welcome to the human race. We're always looking for fresh starts. That's why many of us love January because it just feels like a fresh start. That's why most of us watching are addicted to this thing new. Anything new. In fact, we love new. As humans, we love new. Because when it's new, it feels like, well, well maybe this is the one. <laughs> this week, um, I, I went into our laundry room, and I saw the, the big bottle of Tide. And on the bottle of Tide, it says new and improved. And I was thinking, it has said new and improved, I think, my whole life since I was a kid. How many times can this product be new and improved? Eventually, you think they've just come out and say, it, it's just liquid gold or, or something like that. It's not new. It's just marketing. So, somebody changed one small element, and they said, oh, okay, it's new. Right, so, something like that is going on. Uh, and, and I also, I went in and I went to brush my teeth this morning with toothpaste that said new. It tasted exactly the same. But, but you know why I bought it? Because it said new. And I love new and you love new. And, and you know what? Here's the good news. God, he loves new too. God loves new. God, in fact, is all about new. Just think about it. All of creation is about new, new birth, new life, new relationships with him. And here's the deal. God sees the new that is ahead of us. God sees what could be new for us, and he wants to get us. He wants to get you there. Uh, there's a passage in Isaiah 43 where God says to Isaiah this, I've got something new for you. And if, if there's any part of your life where you feel a little dry, uh, where you feel like there needs to be something new, I want you to keep this in mind. Look here, Isaiah 43, verse 19. God says, For I am about to do something new. I've already begun. 
You do not see it. I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. So basically, God is saying here, I see the new. I know the way to get there, and I want to take you there. That's the promise to Isaiah. And that same promise God has for you and me right here, right now. And to do that, I want to take you a little deeper into this person of Isaiah. And at first reading, it's going to be a little confusing. I admit that. And you're going to say, why did Clay pick that passage? But, but listen, it, let me explain to you Isaiah's vision. He's recording a vision, and the vision involves God and himself. But it's one of the great fresh starts of the Bible. And then when I'm done reading this, I'm going to show you how this can be a fresh start for you. So Isaiah 6, we'll start in verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and two their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to the one, they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the second of their voices, the doorpost and threshold shook. The temple was filled with smoke. And this is Isaiah talking now. Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken from the tongs from the altar. And with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. Now before we go any further, I want to make this intensely practical for you. So let me ask you a question, and I want you to write down the answer to this question somewhere on a piece of paper you got sitting around with us. And the question is this. What area of your life feels a little dry and you need a fresh start? What area of your life feels a little dry and you need a fresh start? Now, you don't have to write an autobiography. Maybe it's just a word, maybe a name, a relationship. You need a fresh start. Or if somebody's looking at you as you're writing on your paper, you just put a little check mark or initial, some sort of secret code. But maybe it's a word describing what you want in a relationship with God. Maybe it's a habit that you want to break. Look, I really don't care what it is. Where do you feel a little dry right now and you need a fresh start? Now, let's get really practical with this. I want you to keep in mind what that is as I tell you a few things. We're going to look at taking a fresh start. And I believe in light of what we just read in Isaiah's vision, there are some things that you and I can do right now, today, to prepare for a fresh start. But we've got to do our part. So what I've done is i put together five actions. And I've taken these right out of the passage that we just looked at. And I hope out of these actions you, you could begin today the process of change and getting a fresh start in one of those areas. And the first one is this. If you want a fresh start, you have to identify the pain. you got to start with the pain. Right? There is pain in all of our lives, you just have to identify it. Isaiah begins by saying this very interesting. He says, in the year that King Uzziah died. And obviously, if you're studying this verse, it's an obvious reference to a year and a date. It's a chronological reference saying in the year that the King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. But as I read it over and over, that word died just popped out at me. I was like, well, why is that word a trigger? Uh, why does he start his vision in the year that King Uzziah died? died. And then it hit me. Most 
significant fresh starts in somebody's life appear following some sort of significant pain. He's saying, King Uzziah died, and I saw the Lord. Now, for you, it may not be a physical death. Maybe the pain that you're having is the death of a dream. Maybe your pain is the death of a relationship. Maybe your family has been shattered by divorce, or your spiritual intimacy that you once had with God has been strangled by apathy, and it feels dead. Whatever it is, regardless of the cause, there's some pain. And you've got to identify that pain for the fresh start to have any sticking power. And this is hard because what I have noticed, most people, including me, want to ignore the pain or pretend that it doesn't exist. So they go through life wearing masks, the mask that everything is okay or the mask that I have good relationships or the mask that I'm not sad or tired or the mask that I'm not wounded, right? We go looking for masks that we can wear. Um, one year, this is before I had kids, trust me, I had this idea, wasn't too brilliant, but it was an idea that on Halloween I was going to sit outside my house in a mask and scare the kids that came to the door. <laughs> yeah, the neighbors just love me. So I sat outside with my brother-in-law for two hours in that mask, and it was awesome, at least for me. But I can tell you that wearing this mask, wearing this thing was really uncomfortable. It was sweaty. I didn't like it. It wasn't me. And I began to think, Man, there's a lot of truth when it comes to masks we wear. They don't fit. They're not right. You know, why do we wear them? Because we're not identifying the pain. We want to put on a mask. So drop the mask. Be honest about your pain. It's okay to say, I want a fresh start because I just don't want to feel this way. It's okay to say, I want to change because I continue to choose bad relationships. I want to change because I'm lost. I feel no hope for the future. I'm not even motivated for tomorrow. I want to change because my soul is dry. I want purpose in my life. Pain can be a motivator to a fresh start. Or, here's where a lot of people get trapped, pain moves people to apathy where they do nothing. Isaiah, I mean, he could have written, in the year King Uzziah died, I got drunk. I gave up. I packed it in. I sold my camel, and I bought a tent down by Lake Judea, like something like that. What about you? Do you want a fresh start? Do you really want a fresh start? If so, what's broken inside that's making life a little painful and triggering, you need to figure out what that is. What is that pain? Whatever it is, God is ready and willing to help you deal with it. So that's the first thing. The second thing is you have to recognize God. If you want a fresh start, you have to recognize God. And here's what I mean. God is everywhere. That's why Isaiah's vision included this dramatic clarity of God's majesty and God's holiness. As Isaiah describes God, he says, I saw the Lord seated on a throne high and exalted, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And they were calling together, and these angels were saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's all about God. God is everywhere. Personally, in my life, I know that when I identify with pain, what it does is it brings me to a place where I begin to think about God and my need for him. I begin to think about his greatness, his glory, his holiness. And what happens in that moment is that becomes the motivator for me to change. I don't want to live in this pain anymore, so it's because of God I actually can change. And here's where a lot of people mess up. This, I mess up here as well. They identify their pain... But instead of saying, where's God in this? They say, well, 
it's all about self-help. I just need to read uh, some sort of self-help book. I need to attend a seminar or I need to find some sort of motivational podcast in order to change. And what they do is they realize they're in pain and they say, well, I'm tired or I'm lonely or I'm overweight or I'm relationally damaged or I'm financially strapped. They recognize that something needs to change, but then they turn to the wrong stuff. Making life-altering changes isn't going to last without God. It's not a true fresh start. He helps us. So if I want a fresh start, I need to identify the pain. I've got to recognize God in all of these things. And the next thing is I have to reveal the truth about myself. This one's hard. i got to reveal the truth about myself. And this is exactly what Isaiah does. Uh, he wrote it this way. He says, uh, basically saying, God is holy and I am not. Right? God's glory fills the whole earth, and my glory fills nothing. He says, woe to me, I am ruined. That's an important theological statement, and we could talk a whole lot about that. But what he's really saying is, I look at myself in the light of God's glory. When I do that, I seem very pale. When I look at God's glory, I'm pale. And that's what he's saying, woe to me. If I look at myself in God's glory, God's majesty, I don't measure up. So what Isaiah is saying is when I put a magnifier up to my life, in light of God's glory, I say, whoa, whoa to me. It's, it's kind of Hebrew for a phrase, holy cow, that, that shocking, whoa. So the question is, where's my heart? For most of us, when we look inside and evaluate the condition of our heart, what we'll see is it's not really pretty. When I do this, you know what I see? I see my thoughts that are a lot of times I have wicked thoughts. I see pride that I'm not pleased with. I see impure motives at times. And an honest evaluation produces this, ugh, I'm not pretty, right? Whoa. A lot of times people go through life and they never evaluate. You know, I think about all the time uh, the, the thoughts that are in my life. As a matter of fact, as I was driving around a couple of weeks ago, I saw those people riding bicycles together, you know, in a big group in the spandex clothing, holding up all the traffic because even if they pedal as hard as they can, the best they can do is 25 miles an hour on a 45-mile-per-hour road. Anyway, I drive by them, and I think to myself, if I just clip the front tire of that first guy, right, I, I, I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to see the front guy kind of wallow and see what happens, right? And some of you are like, well, Clay, that's awful. That's me. That's what I'm telling you. That's my illustration. It's wicked. It's evil. It's ugly. And where does that come from? Right? But when I recognize the truth about my heart, it draws me closer to God. It just makes me want to be nearer to God because I don't want to live with this. I want to live with him. You see, I, I say, woe to me. Wow to God. Ugly me. Ugly intentions. Ugly motives. Ugly heart. Holy God. On my own, I'm a total mess. But with you, God, I've got a shot at a fresh start. Now, it'd be a little depressing if we stopped here at the point of evaluating the ugliness of our heart. But luckily, there's something else to do. So you identify the pain, you recognize that God is there, and you reveal the truth about yourself. And then the fourth thing is you release the past. Release the past. And I know this can be hard. Right? Obviously, if we have some ugliness in our life, we've done some things that we're not proud of. Right, And if you have regrets, you're not alone. We all have them. So we all know regrets bringing shame, 
and embarrassment and anger and grief and resentment. Regrets, the way that I describe them are like this, slimy film that's on our life. If I'm going to get a fresh start, I've got to clean myself of that. I've got to get that stuff off of me. I need to experience what Isaiah experienced with his vision. In verse 7, he says, with it, he touched my mouth, this hot coal. See that it has touched your lips, the guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Right? Your sin is paid for. Your sin is gone. God doesn't want you or me to live with regrets. And because of that, he's offered us this incredible gift called forgiveness. And good news, that since regrets are inevitable for all of us, forgiveness is available for all of us. But if you can't release the past, which I have so many conversations with people who just can't let go of the past. If you can't release the past, you will always feel guilty for what you've done in the past. And if that's you, can I just tell you something? That guilt that you feel, that's not from God. And if you still feel guilty for things that you have been forgiven of, that is Satan's way of keeping you from being ineffective, to keep you from living your life to its fullest and fulfilling your God-given potential. You are forgiven. And the only thing our enemy can do now is slow you down and make you totally ineffective because you wallow around in your guilt. He can remind you of all the sins that you uh, have already done, but you've been forgiven for those things. But we have to release the past And we can do that because God has released us from it. If you've been having trouble doing that, can I just encourage you to talk to somebody. Talk about your past with your small group or a close friend. Because when you talk about it, here's what it does. It gets out in the open, the doors open, and the light is on, and the grip around it begins to loosen, and it doesn't have power over you anymore. Don't be paralyzed by the past when you can be motivated by the future, the future of a fresh start, especially uh, when we do this last thing. Say yes to God. To get a fresh start, we say yes to God. The last verse that we read there, uh, Isaiah said, and then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I love what he says here. He says, here I am, send me. That's saying yes to God. Here I am, send me. Send me to do your work. Send me to do your will. Send me to be your person. Send me to be a man of God in the marketplace. Send me to be a woman of God in the marketplace. Send me to a fresh start. And friends, there are very few things in life that we can control. Most of our lives uh, are filled with stress and ulcers over things that we can't control, that we wish we could. And we have an incredible heartache in life wanting to control other people in other situations that we can't. But there is something we can control. We can control whether we say yes to God. We can say, God, will you breathe what you want to breathe into me so I can experience a fresh start, the one that I so badly want. So identify the pain, evaluate your heart, recognize God, release the past, say yes to God. What you do. There's really no better time to do that than right now. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come here this morning in desperate need of fresh starts in our life. We we can't do them on our own. Uh, We tried and we just failed. We need your help. We have our own vision of what a fresh start might look like, but we want to, we want it to be replaced with your vision for our lives. 
We realize that our fresh starts don't last, but fresh starts that come from you, those do. We recognize that you are God and we're not. So we say, both as individuals and as a church body, here I am, send me. Jesus, would you send us out of here being the person that you created us to be? We ask this in your name, amen. Well, hey friends, thanks for joining us today. If you think today's message might be valuable to somebody you know, would you mind sharing this video? Not only could it be helpful for them, but by sharing this content as well as liking and subscribing to this channel, you are helping us to accomplish our mission to raise the reputation of Jesus. And along those lines, could I also ask you, as we start a new year, to head over to our website at nextlevelchurch.org, click on the green Give button there and choose one of those options. Your faithful support helps us to raise the reputation of Jesus where we live, work, and play. Now, by way of benediction, can I just say to you, as you start a new year, may the Lord guide you, may he bless you, and may he give you what you need for a fresh start in 2023. Hey guys, have a blessed week, and we will see you all back in person, hopefully, next week as we kick off a new series, He Gets Us. Check out this trailer for next week. A caring man took a walk. Everywhere he looked, people suffered. Anxiety ran high. Hope dwindled. Hatred rose. His neighbors had lost trust in the system and in each other. I need to do something, he thought. I'll bring them together and feed them. Around the dinner table, they can talk and see how much they have in common. Shared struggles, shared joy, shared pain. So he prepared a feast and invited all into his home. But some refused to sit at his table because they chose to only see differences. He was heartbroken because he wanted everyone to eat and be filled, not with food and wine, but with compassion.